Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about minute 133 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with credits and end with more credits. But today we're not talking about credits. We're talking about more Suicide Squad related content. And today we're talking about Hell to Pay the Suicide Squad animated film uh, that takes place within the DC... Wait, it's called the DC Animated Original Movie. Let me see if I got that right. This is the... D-C-O-A-M? DC Universe Animated Original Movies. This cinematic universe is the what I like to call the Jason O'Mara Batman universe, where it started with Flashpoint and Justice League War. And so... This animated film is going to take place immediately after Ocean Master tried to take over the surface world in the um, Justice League Throne of Atlantis. You remember Mm -hmm. that movie? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? So, in Justice League War, the Justice League had just formed because Darkseid showed up and Mm -hmm. because heroes have to unite. In Throne of Atlantis, they're wrestling with the idea of working together. Uh, and it ends with Green Lantern leaving and all that stuff. And so that was the first time where Batman was like, I don't do teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, we did that out of emergency. But Throne of Atlantis, it was like, this needs to be a thing from now on. That we need to govern the world as far as policing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda Waller sees this and goes, I want to do that on my terms. And so that's what... That's where this stems from. It is a little bit of the, uh, it's an, it's the opposite of what um, Suicide Squad, the 2016 film does, where Amanda Waller has the idea first kind of thing, where she does Mm -hmm. the first attempt at a Justice League and it doesn't work. Um, Justice League happens in this universe and then she is inspired to have her own team, um, much like the Legion of Doom do as well. Um, and this film came out in 2018, so two years after um, the Suicide Squad film. And Nate, what did you think about this movie? I didn't like it that much, Mark. There yeah. were aspects that I liked about it, but it was um, I liked Assault on Arkham better as a Suicide Squad title. You know, this movie has great reviews. It's odd. A lot of very, people like this movie. There's a, there's this is the most recommended Suicide Squad film. You're kidding. I'm not kidding you. This Why? is the A lot of people say this is Suicide Squad. And I'm, See, I'm inclined to agree that as far as the tone of Suicide Squad from the John F. Ostrander, like the idea of the aesthetic tone, I feel like this is the closest thing to the source material. This movie was an offshoot of justice league dark properties like this was this well, is essentially justice a league justice dark league. has its own movie in I the know. universe as well yes it does which by the way was Ama- amazing probably the best i don't like any i really i don't like much of any of this cinematic universe yeah the dcuaom the flashpoint universe yeah the justice league dark movie is perfection that was great i think it's phenomenal there was a and lot of justice league dark things in this movie the Constantine one as well. The um, you remember the Constantine? Uh, I remember Justice League Dark had Constantine in it. Yeah, but then he got his own. Oh no, I didn't. They see did that. a sequel to Justice League Dark, and, and it, it was Constantine. It I was didn't Constantine see it. like Hell's Army or some something. I don't know. Um. Anyway, this was the, I don't un- the this is wild. That's wild that this is like there. There's a Suicide Squad. Yeah, a lot of people really like this movie. I don't know. The way I picture Suicide Squad is like doing heists like they were doing in Assault on Arkham. You know what I think? um, I think. But like, (laughs) are we missing something? Because we don't we we didn't really read the books that much. Were the books following this tone more? I think it's the tone. I think the tone is what comes in. And the tone that I'm speaking of is like this underlying mystical arts thing that's happening. That the Suicide Squad, in my opinion aren't really tied to they're not tired to tied to like the mystic and the dark arts style of like magic and things like that 
But on the other hand, <laughs> they are because Enchantress exists within the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird because it's... I think if this is the tone that you wanted, if this is the tone that you believe the Suicide Squad is is meant to thrive in, then it's a fantastic movie. It's perfect for people who want this kind of Suicide Squad. So it's hard for me to say this movie was bad. All I can say is that it's not for me. Yeah, it's I'm, not, I'm right there with I you. I think the Suicide Squad 2016 film is the close to the tone that I wanted. I want that tone. I want that... They don't have a choice and they're going in there and then you have people like Diablo who's like, doesn't matter what we do. We're paying for what we do and we're mm-hmm. going in there, we're cleaning it up and they're going to blame it on us. Who cares? Um, I like that. This one, the tone as far as like their leniency, like as far as mm-hmm. and, and kind of like the cutthroatiness of it yeah. all. This movie, the word grindhouse came out, like that's all I could think about. This movie feels like those late 70s films before uh, Star Wars came out and like back when we were in that age of cinema where it was like you had these tough, gritty characters, you know, very broken, very easily to be killed off, super ultra violent. If that's, if this is your version of Suicide Squad, it's perfect. Like what you want, like Rob Zombie to do the next Suicide exactly. Squad? Exactly. What? I was no, joking. Well, that that's a, who would be an amazing director for this type of movie. Yeah. You know this type of tone. Like if that's what you want, hmm. this would be or that. Like a rubber. Or um, the Predator. Who's that? Uh, who was that? Guy? Sh- uh, Shane Black, Black. Shane Black. Yes. Exactly. See, I I very well could see Shane Black doing a Suicide Squad movie. Yes. That is why I think a lot of people like this because this movie doesn't um, doesn't waver as far as its tone. Mm-hmm. This movie, from from the way the movie starts throughout all the way to the credits and then the credit sequence itself and the music, it is um, very rooted in Christian beliefs and and kind of like this ultra violent rage. I could also see Troy Duffy directing this movie the guy who directed the boondock saints yeah this is exactly how that those movies yeah. feel yeah um yeah kind of like uh i guess the people who also make sons of anarchy could like also there's do a, a really weird good biblical undertone there's a biblical it. thing mm-hmm. and but there's also like just and like the quest for the chalice or whatever yeah it is the mythical art the thing get out of yeah. hell free card it's, yeah. it's it's so bonkers it it works in its in its realm um and and it just comes down to preference like i think yeah for me Quest for the chalice holy grail what the hell nathan it's arthurian mythology yeah <laughs> come on come on you know this it quest for it's the not gr- my mm. preference for suicide squad but it is i think it is a <laughs> very valid and strong interpretation yeah, uh, of the group. Can I try this drink you have here? Yeah, absolutely. This is very unprofessional, but I'm gonna do this like an episode of Doughboys. It's our last week on Suicide Squad, so what, this is a this is a bang energy drink. I got it drink. for free, and it's it's 300 milligrams of peach caffeine. mango. Now I don't like I don't like either of those flavors, so I don't know. Just drink it; it's medicine. Um, but anyways, nope. oh, <laughs> oh my God, Nate, let's uh let's start talking about the Suicide Squad. Are you sure you don't want me to riff on this? energy drink for another five minutes nope jesus christ i just needed to stay awake but anyways uh what did you think about the the suicide squad group that we have here in this movie we have deadshot floyd lawton back again harley quinn Mm -hmm. of course captain boomerang Mm -hmm. bronze tiger Mm -hmm. copperhead and killer frost i like the character i like the makeup just fine i like Every um, single one of them. The only thing that, that struck me odd, because I, I turned this on, and then again, oh, I wait, walked I d- in. I do have one that I didn't really like, but go. I walked into the other room right as I turned this on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I started hearing dialogue, wasn't paying attention, but I was in the bathroom, and Floyd Lawton's character came on. And I double took, because this was me going into this movie blind, and I was like, what? They got... <laughs> like, I made a little joke to myself, and I was like, jeez. Would they get some Christian Slater motherfucker to voice Deadshot? And then I walked in, and it's Christian Slater voicing Deadshot. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I had a very quick laugh to myself. Yeah, um, very. I just thought it was cast. funny. I just thought it was funny. I don't. I don't like Christian Slater playing Deadshot. They are all interesting voice characters. I think the only one that I really enjoyed um, acting, I guess, would have been seeing Eob- uh yeah, Eobard Thon's, mm-hmm. you know, back from the Flashpoint movie. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Killer Frost, but I just like the character overall. Yeah. I really enjoyed her character. She's the only one that's not on the poster, which I think is unfortunate because to me, she seemed like one of the most important ones. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but Copperhead, very cool character. I yep. like that interpretation of the character. You know, body contortionist who just liked replacing his body with metal parts. It's very cyberpunk. So very, you know, cool. Bronze Tiger, cool. But he was like the good one. He was like the Diablo. He's the Rick flag. He's the Diablo type. Mm. That one who believes in heaven and hell and that we're yeah. paying for our sins and that he would be the good one. If there was a get, get out of hell free card in the Suicide 2016 film, it would have been given to Diablo because he would have been atolling for his yeah. sins for killing his family. Yeah. Okay. So that should have been a thing. Captain Boomerang, can't go wrong, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It's just do what you do kind of thing. Um, Floyd Lawton's Deadshot, he's all right. They stick with this uh, Frenchman mustache that they always give Floyd Lawton. Yeah, the in animation, like superhero version of a French, like thief. I don't know. I do notice that. Yeah, there, there's like a like his inspiration is it's from the John F. Ostrander stuff. Well, yeah, it's from the guy with the top hat. And yeah, the guy that was uh, doing his Batman shtick. Mm-hmm. Big top hat guy, Jack the Ripper style. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Harley Quinn was probably the most questionable to me in I this movie. Don't I don't think it was my favorite interpretation of the character at all. There were many of the jokes fell flat. Yeah, it was just kind of uh, too much. Like I understand she's supposed to be the wacky one, but like see here's card. here's a Suicide Squad movie that features Harley Quinn but does not feature the Joker. It's very good. Now, what did you think? So, mm. Are you going to ask me about the beginning? Oh, no. Keep going. What happened in the beginning? The Julian Sponge. Oh, the- yeah. I don't know if I want to ask you about that. The only thing that happened in the beginning is that this, the Suicide Squad is already in existence. It it's had just different not, members. Yeah, it just had different members. So, like, the 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 idea of Task Force X is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm going to ask. So here's a movie that has Harley Quinn with no Joker. And yet you're saying that you don't really care for the Harley Quinn in it. And this now, is the writing. Is that just the writing? It's not to say that no, Joker is a crutch for Harley Quinn. I love that. It's just Harley Quinn. Okay. I do. And there are moments that she does where I love it. Like I said, it's just too much. There was too much of, she has to say a joke now. And I liked when they were trying to be strategic and she just runs in. Mm-hmm. She's crazy. She doesn't care about plans. She just wants to hit something or she'll like use her baseball bat to break anything that's needed. And she just likes to hit things really hard. I love that about the Harley Quinn in this movie. I just didn't like, I guess aesthetically, I didn't like that she paint, painted the face paint on instead of like her also falling into the uh ace chemicals bath and so her skin is bleached and then the other thing was that when it came time for her to have a quip it was like okay you get to have five quips in a row and it was like can we not do this right now it was like there was rv scenes there was like an ihop scene a gas station scene and it was just harley quinn saying jokes where i gotta use bathroom and stuff and it was like Okay, we get you got to say a joke right now, but yeah, I like her wild cardness in terms of they're dealing with an issue, like an action piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of like that in the sense of like Harley Quinn in the 2016 film when there's action scenes and she's fighting things with her baseball bat. I like that she can bring that to the table, and 
if the elevator scene had been part of a bigger scene, it would have been cool. But by itself, it was kind of weird. Um, so she was just my least questionable one. But yeah, a lot of the jokes in the film didn't land for me. Um, but like I said, it might be for someone else. Someone mm-hmm. else probably found them funny. There's a lot of Copperhead jokes that they repeat over and over, which is just him hissing at people mm-hmm. and people going, oh, and it's like, <laughs> oh, we got it the first time. Like, um, I don't know why you keep doing it. This movie was rated R, right? Oh, yeah. It's It actually has a rating. It's not non-rated, right? No, yeah, it has a rating. Okay. Yeah, rated R. Um, the way Killer Frost goes out, I was kind of I didn't like that. I didn't like Well, I did like it because it was planned and like very, you know, in my opinion, it is very Suicide Squad-ish. I, I'm okay with the way she went out. I just really like the character. Now, Killer Frost was another double crosser in this is that just her role is she just a you know ice cold heart of ice she double crosses her loyalties are strayed you don't know what she's gonna do what's interesting about this film is that there is the suicide squad which is a protagonist group Mm -hmm. and then there's the uh, antagonist group Mm -hmm. which is spoiler alert vandal savage scandal savage and knockout Mm mm-hmm and then you have a third party, third party, and that is Eobarthon and uh, Silver Banshee and Blockbuster. Blockbuster, yes. And so I liked that. I liked that, you know, instead of the Joker being the third party act, it was like mm-hmm. Eobarthon because he's already part of the cinematic universe. They can bring him back to the dead. And, like, there was this whole thing about Flashpoint, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, brought into this movie. It has that crazy, you know, third thing happening. And that part is interesting. I'll give it that. I really enjoyed that they had (coughs) three teams going at each other. Um, Which does happen in 2016 Suicide Squad, but that third team is Joker. Yeah, and it feels... This one's a little more cohesive. Like, there's a little bit of rhyme and reason. There's a thing where Harley Quinn says at the end of the movie where Killer or yeah, Killer Frost comes in and starts doing her thing, and she says, you know, Frost, what are you doing? We're the bad good guys. We're the good bad guys. The good bad guys. And it's like, that is, that is Suicide That's Squad. That's Suicide That's Squad. it, baby. That's what I'm saying. This movie is very... <laughs> It's very precise. Yeah. It is precise in, the, in, like, so I understand when people say, like, this is the So best. I can see why, like, the comics would draw from just that. We're the good bad guys. Mm-hmm. Just that. Boom. Right there. It's a comic. This is that movie where it would answer your question, okay, after seeing this movie, does it make you want to read more? This is the movie. This is the movie that promotes you to, to read. To, to read more Suicide yeah, Squad? Yeah, because you're going to get. Still doesn't make me want to read it. Well, that's because you didn't like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you did like this movie, read the books. Um, another th- so it gives rhyme and reason to why they're having a third party mm-hmm. interfere in this whole uh, rat race for the hell to hell to pay or get out of f- hell free card, um, and it also gives rhyme and reason for Amanda Waller creating the team in the first place. Something that has been a huge issue for us is where is the motivation for Amanda Waller to even create the team? And you may not agree with what they wrote for the reason, but you can't deny that at least there's a clear reason that she creates it. And I think you can be accepting of that where it's like, well, she created the team because she wants the card because she's terminally ill and she's going to die. Did they say that in this movie? Yeah. There's a whole montage of her... You know, being diagnosed with terminally ill cancer. and Amanda Waller. Yeah. I missed that whole part in this yeah. movie. Where was I? Uh, I don't know. You saw the film twice. so <laughs> <laughs> Missed it both times. Yeah. So because she is dying, she's going to use the Suicide Squad to get that get out of hell free card. So when she does die, she can go to heaven. Yeah. So her purpose for creating the squad was to be an artifact thief. Her reason for creating the Suicide Squad exists. Like it's a it's a thing in the movie, mm-hmm. and and you don't get that with the 2016 film the way it's presented, where it's like, what is the point? What are you guys gonna do? You guys aren't going to go clean up Chicago because that's not a thing until you create the Suicide Squad and then and, and then it becomes a thing, and then it becomes its own thing. Mm-hmm. This movie is like 
this is why they're being created and sent out. This is why the movie exists. Right. And then from there, we get crazy. Things go off the rails. So in the beginning of this movie, when Deadshot was with uh, Count Vertigo, Jewel, and the other guy, Discount Joker. Punch and and Julie. Punch and Julie. Punch? Punch and... I thought you told me his name was something else. I think the subtitles got it wrong and called him Sponge instead of Punch. Oh, yeah, no, the subtitles were wrong in this movie uh, at a lot of times. There was, like, adding subtitles where there was no dialogue. (laughs) Um, They were... Punch and Julie were originally created to battle Captain Adam and Nightshade. Okay. That's cool. And then later on, they joined Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, So, like, Amanda, like, that that Suicide Squad in the beginning of this movie was still on the basis of tracking down the card? Um, When... Yeah. Oh. uh, No. Not... Um, the first mission in the movie? Mm-hmm. No, that one was aftermath for Ocean Master. That the whale guy, mm-hmm. uh, Tobias Whale, mm-hmm. he had leaked in information about a plethora of things. He was just big generic kingpin bad guy with a lot of dirty information. We're gonna send our off the books team to just deal with it. Okay. Okay. So that it wouldn't fall back on the government okay. if failed. Okay. So that that is, again, even that is just more than Suicides, mm-hmm. the, the 2016 film had. Like, you could do a movie just on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at least there's rhyme and reason. And it was a train heist. Yeah, that they're being sent out. Um, and you could, like, it, you know, if we could go back in time, just change Tobias Whale to be someone more important, like uh, Lex Luthor or... Uh, Black Mask. Well, he worked for Black Mask. There was a thing about Black Mask in this movie. Exactly. So just do things like that. Um, but yeah, so there, you know, that's what the whole first mission was about. It had nothing to do with the get out of jail, get out of hell free card. Um, and that's when she uh, drums up a whole new team. And like we said, I, I, I do like the characters. Um, it's just, it's super ultra violent. And yeah. part of me was really, I, I mean, turned they, off by it. They were, they were really like, here's an R-rated animated film. Yeah. You got male stripper animation. You got naked female animation. Mm-hmm. You got heads getting blown off and blood splatter everywhere yeah. animation. It was, it's super edgy. And if it's for you, it's for you. Um, I thought it did it well. <laughs> if you want it to be edgy and, and, and grindhousey. This is a grindhouse animated movie, um, and I can see someone watching this, enjoying it, and then being like, "I want more of mm-hmm. this." Um, and it's just Christian Slater doesn't match up with the voice of Deadshot in my mind. There was a lot of voices that the Harley Quinn voice is Tara Strong. Yeah, I couldn't believe it was Tara Strong because I was like, I thought I liked Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. I don't think I not for me. I think we like. It didn't. Terra Strong as Harley Quinn in 1992. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't really line up for me. Um, I think we like Terra Strong as Harley Quinn in Arkham. Does she play Harley Quinn in Arkham? She does in yeah. Injustice. Yeah. Both, oh, okay. Both of them. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, so they they're given this RV. They're doing this like road trip thing. Yeah. I I thought that was weird, and you didn't seem to like it, but. And I feel like it seems like that would be something that would be in a Suicide Squad comic book. Like, this amount of rain that they that Amanda gives a Suicide Squad, like, mm-hmm. this, this amount of slack that she's mm-hmm. able to give them, it's like, okay, here's your mission. Here's all the intel I have. I need you to gather all the intel. So instead of it being, <clears throat> here's the mission, here's literally all the information, and you are just the strike force to go in, do the thing, and get out. Versus, here's the information, and it's still a working case. So you do have to go across the country and infiltrate all these other people to find this card. I feel like that is a very comic booky sense. Like, I can I can see that as panels, them road tripping, going to across America, stopping in these gas stations and having altercations. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's an interesting take because it it's the furthest away from. Strike Force. 
the Task Force X, the mm-hmm. the 2016 film where it was like, hey, we just created this team of supervillains. Maybe we should put training wheels on them and get Rick Flag and the boys to escort them yeah. to do their thing and use their superpowers when we say to use your superpowers. And yeah, we could shoot you, but we also have a bomb in your neck just in case. And it's like there's so much security wrapped around these criminals that it accomplishes what David Ayers wanted to do, which is be as real as possible. If you're creating a team of prisoners, you're always going to have security guards and wardens who watch the prisoners. So this version of Suicide Squad where it's like, oh, let's give them an RV and they're going to go on a road trip to get the get out of hell free card. It's a little odd, but again, that's the point. So I don't know. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not my preference. It's it's like, again, going back, I would prefer the mm-hmm. prison system suicide squad. Um, but yeah, it, there's a, it, it dips into the Justice League Dark mm-hmm. kind of territory with Dr. Fate. They bring in Dr. Fate. They bring in Vandal Savage. It's, a vi- it's very Justice League Darky. Mm-hmm. And um, I I can see that there isn't much of a disconnect between like the villains and the characters that I- exist in Suicide Squad and mm-hmm. their relation to magic and the dark arts and stuff like that. Yeah, but it still just caught me off guard. Yeah, and so if and maybe it's just coming from my only exposure is pretty much just the 2016 movie that we just spent months analyzing. Yeah, I think as Batman Assault on Arkham would influence you to replay the video games. This film, I think all it needed to do was influence you to... Buy the comics. No, no, no. no. Um, Oh, yeah, I guess that too. I think I feel more of a... After watching this, it's like, okay, if you like this, you would like the comic run. Yeah, absolutely. What? How would you say this film influences your want to watch the rest of the DC... DC Universe animated original movies. The Jason O'Meara and Justice League. Not any more than the other ones do. It doesn't influence you to watch Flashpoint? No, not any more than the other ones do. No, see, it was different. Flashpoint came out at a time where I had like a solid like two or three months before the animated movie that came out for me to pick up the Flashpoint book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like knee deep in that Flashpoint storyline. I was getting the, one, I, the offshoots. I was getting the tie-in comics. I was, I was in mode for like this new arc of animated features Mm -hmm. flashpoint came out i really enjoyed flashpoint the movie both the movie and the book the book obviously was better the book is amazing yeah but i did still enjoy the movie because it was very closely related to the book almost verbatim i'm like so i did enjoy that aspect of it just seeing it in animation the creative liberties that they took on it to keep it a self-contained story i'm fine with don't really care whatever mm-hmm. but if you were to ask me yeah no flashpoint book and their tie-ins were amazing <clears throat> anyway this movie does not influence me at all to continue watching this series of animated features even when justice league war came out it was just like okay they did it like okay that was volume one mm-hmm. um yeah don't atlantis came out i thought it was great amazing book good animated feature um, but the tone of those two book and the animated feature was something better than volume one of Justice League and Justice League War. It was just better. The stakes were higher. It just felt more Justice League-y than just like a one-day apocalypse shows up. You're talking about <clears throat> the book? Both. Oh. Both the... I'm getting beside the point. You're, Further say, on, you're saying Justice League volume one and the movie Justice League War. Mm-hmm. Those two are better than the 2017 film. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that Throne of Atlantis book and Throne of Atlantis movie are better than oh, both Volume better 1 than and Animated oh, Feature and, and okay. War. Yeah. I get what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, I haven't like after watching this it doesn't make me want to pick up any of the other ones. Um, watching Justice League Dark was great. I thought that was amazing. It oh, was yeah. incredible. Yeah. But then that was it. It was like, okay, yeah, that was an animated yeah. movie. Yeah, that one. These new, uh, there's like so many other Batman ones that I that have come out. Like they made they remade like Son of Batman, 
and well, all these other like still. yeah they they yeah. remade all these like Damian Wayne stories and stuff. Yeah. I don't. It I don't started care. with Batman and Son, <clears throat> and then yeah, it's it's the same universe. Yeah, they had done that. They did Batman Bad Blood. They did. And it's just I don't care. What was the most recent one that came out? There was one that just came out. Um, was it Teen Titans versus Justice League? Judas, the Judas. Contract. Oh, that was after. There was Teen Titans versus Justice League. No, and yeah. then there was Teen Titans Judas Contract. That's the latest Still one. Still same universe. Yes. Yeah. Um I watched Teen Titans versus Justice League, didn't like it. And I feel like I turned it off like with but like I thirty did or twenty like minutes. Judas left. Contract. I started watching Judas Contract. We and watched just, it. Did we? With Johnny, yeah. And we ended up like because Tara is in it at the end and I don't remember it. Starfire. Did I leave? This is your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you did. That's funny. Um, uh, no, I don't remember that, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, um, but uh, so far, just kind of disappointed with the DC uh, Universe original animated cinematic universe. I'm kind of disappointed with most oh, of Oh, no, them. the Justice League, Jessica Cruz. Oh, that ta- was the wait, latest. You're talking about the latest in the universe. Yeah, I'm talking about what was the latest in the universe, and it was just a Jessica Cruz. Actually, no, it's not. Really? You're talking about <clears throat> Justice League versus the Fatal Five? Yeah. That movie is actually... Oh, in, that's a that's Bruce, Bruce Timm one. Tim. Okay. That's a Timverse one. Yeah. That one is actually really good. Um, the I'm trying to think, <clears throat> what was the last Jason? I think Hill? Judas contract. No, you know what it was? It was Reign of the Supermen after oh, the death yeah. of Superman. Yeah. That yep. was the last DC. And you watched that when it came I out, didn't watched, you? I didn't finish Reign of Superman, and I still don't know how that resolves because I never read <laughs> Reign of the Superman. I never read those books either. Oh, th- I'm sure they didn't do the ending, what is in the books. Um, I I guarantee you they didn't do that book ending. I read the, I, I watched the Death of Superman DC, whatever this universe is. Mm-hmm. Their version within the within the universe mm-hmm. of Death of Superman. I watched it, and it's okay. It's not. I think Dawn of Justice did it better. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Let me tell you, you something right now, Mark. The book, The Death of Superman, it's not the best book. It's not the best book. I know it's not the best book. <laughs> it's a good event, not the best book. It's I. It's iconic. Uh, but the death of Superman does a lot of good things where it really gets the rest of the Justice League involved in fighting Doomsday before Superman shows up. Yeah. So that it feels a little more entertaining because you don't get action fatigue because you have different superheroes who jump in. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't know. It just it seemed it was the exact same thing I was saying about why you can't just have a death of Superman film. Dawn of Justice was its own movie and incorporated the the climax is that without you knowing he has to sacrifice himself superman dies in the conflict that's what i think is so good is that you don't expect it it's Mm -hmm. not titled death of superman the movie sets up this whole thing where it's like we have to we have to resolve every everyone's relationship with superman so that when he dies in the end it's like it's like resolve. I don't this know. is the animated one. The animated movie. Yeah. It, it. It. Jay Oliva. He's a great director. He's a very huge fan of Zack Snyder and very much supportive of like the Snyder cut and all that. I love the guy. I just you know the movie wasn't as far as Death of Superman stuff goes. I'm like whatever. Was, I watched it and it was okay. Um, great fight between Wonder Woman and Doomsday though, um, but I still think Dawn of Justice does it the best. But this universe. This film and Justice League Dark, I would say, are probably the best in the universe because they are, like, in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you had the Justice League Dark film and you had the suicide hell to pay, it is like they get their tone right in their realms. And so when they bleed in with the rest of the universe, you can kind of be like, oh, I get their tone kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, <clears throat> so it's a good movie. Um do you want to talk about anything uh, major that happens in the, anything that you found was most memorable in Hell to Pay? Um, God, not particularly. <laughs> it's a bit of a wild ride. It, it, it is a bit of a wild ride. There's a lot of action, I, and I think the action was pretty cool to watch. Um, like it's all choreographed really well mm-hmm. with how Killer Frost has to 
take out people, how Copperhead has to get out of situations. Yeah. And See, I think the main thing that I liked out of this movie was that third team of Professor Zoom, Silver Yabarthon, Banshee, and yeah, Blockbuster yeah, yeah. come in. They're fighting in the club, yeah. and then they're... yeah. I liked the stakes that Zoom had on his life. And I liked that little Speed Force thing where it's like, I'm just prolonging my death. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. That's cool. For months, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dying right now, mm-hmm. but I'm just slowing it down. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautifully written, especially coming from Professor Zoom, someone that doesn't. Re- I mean, he uses the speed force, but he's more on the time aspect of it instead of the physical speed force. It's just, uh, it was just cool. I liked, yeah, I liked the third team more than I liked anything else in this. Yeah, it's a big twist with Eobard Thawne being in it because. If you had been a fan of the cinematic universe and if you had been following along and you saw this movie because you keep up with them, as you watch this one for the first time, you would be like, oh, shit, this is still coming mm-hmm. off the of Flashpoint. Like, this is still, yeah, there's still tangibility. And you caught on to that before I did when we were watching it when oh, yeah. Thawne is exerting himself a little bit and blood starts coming from his yeah. head. And I didn't pick up on the fact that I I was just thinking, oh, maybe he fell on his head or something like that, mm-hmm. or he got hit with a bullet and, you know, his speed force is slow. But you were like, oh, I wonder if he's bleeding from his wound from Flashpoint. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. It's the same freaking guy. Like, it's the yeah. same story. He just somehow ended up in this timeline. And that's because I knew it was part of the shared universe. So, I like, that to me was already like, well, if he's in the universe and there's blood coming, but not from his nose, but somewhere mm-hmm. around his eye, I was like, it's... If he's the I same, I thought at first he was like it was like going to be like some Back to the Future thing where like the the hole in his head was like slowly starting to show up. Yeah, because like he didn't change. That was the me. Past the the or whole something. movie, I was the whole yeah. movie. I was going, okay, so how is he here? Yeah. If he died, and and I was like, not slowing his death. That's I think that's genius. He's like a walking zombie, basically. Mm-hmm. He was like. I'm not gonna. And it's then, like no, I'm I'm still dying. This is every moment is agonizing pain. I've moved my molecules on my brain to part ways of the bullet. Like I'm, st- yeah. I'm still dying. <laughs> and it was weird because like when he fully dies at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, he dies back in the flashpoint thing. Like it resolves mm-hmm. as if he had just stretched that amount of time. Yeah, like he had gone to live that life and came back and he died in the mm-hmm. same spot. It was really weird and questionable, but I really liked that they did that. It was. It's good to see that tangibility pay off in your shared cinematic universe that you could do that where you could be like, okay, we're going to bring someone that you think is Mm -hmm. dead in the universe. Yeah. And then you'll be like, well, he should be dead. And then you'll be like, he is dead, but he is stalling it. (laughs) Yeah. And you you brought up a a point where, um, and I stand by this so firmly, speedsters are just in themselves broken. Oh, yeah. Super OP. Yes. It's just, they're just broken. Yes. Um. So, like, there always has to be, especially, like, in animation, they do it a lot, where they just nerf the speedster hardcore. Um, They might give you a little bit of a dialogue where it's like, oh, well, he's just not as powerful as Barry. Oh, he's just not tapped into the speed force fully or what have you. But they also added the fact that, like, Eobard Thawne in this one can't use the full extent of his speed force because he's essentially, he's siphoned off a bunch in the moment Mm -hmm. of his dying and is, like, on reserve tanks. Like, he's just using up the speed force that is already in his body. It's cool because if he was still connected to the speed force, Floyd Lawton says, he's like, no, he would have jumped in this RV and we would have all been dead minutes ago. Like, yeah. And the fact that, like, yeah, that is right. You guys are missing the point that speedsters can just show up somewhere, do thing without anybody seeing or any notion and leave and just you're instantly done. You're just dead. Mm -hmm. You're gone. You're thwarted. What have you. Yeah. Speedsters do thing instantaneously, especially yeah. when they're connected to the speed force. So it's a little, it was fun that he had that crutch on him of the, the, they made a point to say like, no, I'm not at my full potential. I just soaked up a bunch of speed force as much as I can. And I'm on my reserve tanks now. Yeah. It is so interesting that they brought this character in because he is like a, like an A-list villain pr- pretty much. Um, he's not like a justice league villain, but he is like a direct rival to one of the core members mm-hmm. of the Justice League. So, and depending on which one you're going to pull, if he's Future Man, then he knows all the outcomes of things, and then which he's he does. just trying to yeah, just 
Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what kind of so Professor Zoom or Reverse Flash. When you pull he it from. shows up, I was like, "Oh shit, he's bad news." I was like, "You can't have this villain in mm-hmm. here. He's like, he's OP. Like, this is Reverse Flash. He is a no. He's not Reverse Flash. He's Zoom. There's difference. No, there's, there's a there's this a difference. This is Reverse Flash. No, he's Zoom. Eobard Thawne in this and in Flashpoint was Professor Zoom. It's Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash is Golden Age. You got to think about that. He's like Barry Allen, just opposite Barry Allen. He's just that guy. Eobard Thawne is Eobard Reverse Thawne is Flash. future Professor Zoom. But he comes... So who's Reverse Reverse Flash? Um, I can't remember his name. It's Eobard Thawne. No, it's not. Eobard Thawne is the 24th century guy or whatever century he's from. Eobard is the future man. Eobard is a future name. Reverse Flash is just some schmuck. Eobard Thawne, otherwise known as Professor Zoom and the Reverse Flash. Oh, geez. Now they're just mixing properties now. Go to Reverse Flash. See See what they See what they bring up. Oh, it's a name used by several fictional supervillains. I'm trying to see. Um, Most notably, come on. Edward Claris. Mm-mm. That's the other name. He was the first one. Edward Claris was the also yeah, known guess. as the rival and rival Flash until he was called Reverse Flash. No, Hunter Zolomon. That's who I'm thinking of. Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon was the guy that killed Iris a bunch. A bunch. He did. He made Barry. Over and re- over. Yeah, it's exactly what he did. He made Barry relive her death over and over and over again. And then you had Th- Thaddeus Thon. The this one. I don't is know who the hell that guy is. Kid Zoom, on inertia. Oh, he's inertia. Okay. Yeah. And then and and then Daniel West becomes Reverse Flash at one point. Yeah. Yep. And then you had. Daniel Daniel West was like the the tire. He was the black and red reverse flash. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so very just There's been a lot of reverse flashes. But Eobard Thawne is and always will be Professor Professor, professor Zoom. Zoom. So I guess it's like if you're talking about any reverse flash, but then you're like, no, specifically Eobard Thawne, then it's like it's oh, Zoom. Professor and, and it's, Zoom. It's Zoom, yeah. Okay. So I mean, but like I'm sure you, I I'm pretty sure you can get away with calling him Reverse Flash. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do. Um, so yeah, he was a great addition, very OP. But they they, that's kind of like the whole point where you're like, how is he in here, but also not strong enough like he was before. And he wanted the card. He he wanted he knew that he was dying. He wanted to just like yeah. I don't want to go to hell. Yes. So which is weird because this is a guy that his power comes from science. Yes. And he's from the future. Very scientific bringing. Still believes in the ultimatums. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day they're all like we just don't know. And so I, I like, mean, well, Floyd, uh, we don't even know if the card works. Yeah. So Floyd sees it work, but he's still just like, Hey, I, he sees you, it work. And he's like, that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that reaction. And that it's he like, had. if you believe in that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. It is bronze tiger who gets the card and dies with it. And how did you feel about bronze tiger? Um, getting the card, but also as a character throughout the story, right. And proper for him to get the card. Um, or, I love. I I, I want to see more of that character. Yeah, because thi- mainly just because I like martial art characters. I like fighters. I like street level fighting people. So to have this guy on the street, being you know as Amanda Waller calls him the world's greatest martial arts guy, that's cool. Iron Fist is dope. I love Iron Fist. Anybody that has like martial arts abilities, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, you were telling me that it's either human or Tiger Man. Yeah, so this is a human version of Bronze Tiger, but there have been interpretations of the character, like in the New 52, where Bronze Tiger is, in fact, a humanoid tiger. Mm-hmm. Like he is a tiger-looking person who is bipedal, and, you know, and I like that. I li- It's just like how I was talking about King Shark and Killer Croc and all that. I like them to also be humanoids. Their animal form. Of that animal. Mm-hmm. 
that they're influenced from. So so, but but you like Copperhead using the bionic tech? Oh, I love that because to me that was more of like a Spider-Man version of that, where it was like mm-hmm. Vulture and Doctor Octopus. Where the where he how do you feel about Lizard though? For speaking about Spider-Man. Oh, from like Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, let's go with that one because he was Lizard Man. Well, that's like how they explain. So they already explained it with science, mm-hmm. like in the Spider-Man universe. So they just easily just did that. Um, I guess they do it different. They do it this way for Rhino in mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man Two, where they're like, "Yeah, it's just a mech suit. It's just an exosuit instead of like instead uh, of him just being part bane, Rhino. Bane. Yeah, or like got I got Rhino DNA in me." It got rhino DNA. In yeah. Me. So now here's a question between um, my rhinoplast sur- surgery went wrong. Between uh, human animal versus like bionic animal mm-hmm. thing, Spider Man or an Iron Spider? Oh, for Spider Man himself? Mm-hmm. I don't like now. It. Now, don't, okay. So now I, here's the question: Spider Man <laughs> or Doc Ock? That should be the question. Oh, I mean, I love. Would you? Do you prefer? um, So, like, what if Doc Ock had octopus DNA in him? So we did have tendrils. No, thank you. No, no. You like the bionic aspect of it? Hard X on that. Yeah. Okay. But I don't like Iron Spider at all. Yeah. But I love Doctor Octopus. Is that weird? No. Okay. I don't. I just think his suit is ugly and atrocious. (laughs) But I love. I mean. I like the Amazing Spider-Man 2 spider suit the most out of all of them. I think it just... Yeah, it that was, was the best one. perfection, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's... What Copperhead does with his body, I love. I think it's fantastic. Would love to see Bronze Tiger, Tiger, but it's a different universe, so maybe... I don't know. Maybe animal humanoids don't exist in the universe. Thinking about the whole cinematic universe... I don't think mm, Canterbury Cricket exists in this universe. Well, he did in Flashpoint. So there you go. Um. So yeah, uh, Bronze Tiger getting the card. I I like the character redemption. I like that he was the noble one. It was almost like their version where they squeezed Katana and Diablo into the same character. Yeah. Where it's like you had the noble warrior mm-hmm. who was, as they say in the in the movie, a true blue. Like he's the noblest one of them all. But at the same time, he's like that. You don't think we're here repen- repenting for our sins, and mm-hmm. and and you don't trust me. I, like heaven and hell exists. Like there's not one day where I don't think about all the things I did in my life. So it, it is both. It's like K- Katana and Diablo were the same character, uh, or one character, um, and that's how they treat Bronze Tiger. So um, I felt like there wasn't enough of him in the movie. I just felt like he had a noble ending in the third act, Mm -hmm. but he just seemed like another member of the team until it was like, he got hurt. And then when he got hurt, it was like, Oh no, he's dying. And then I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to care. Like I'm supposed to care for this guy. Yeah. I just, it was, what was, um, in the movie Anaconda. Yes. I can't remember the actor's name. Ice cube. Nope. Owen Wilson. Drug dealer. Jesus. From Pulp Fiction, oh, oh, Lance from Pulp Fiction, the guy uh, who got the wasps in his yeah, I can't, throat. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. What about him? Essentially, he has the same kind of a character arc of like this. I mean, it's like this noble hero kind of thing. Yeah, he's the hero of the situation. Gets taken out of the fight, comes back for the end, and saves the day. Kinda, yeah. It is Floyd Lawton who really saves the day because again, they got to be like he's our protagonist, mm-hmm. which is whatever. But I liked the I liked the development for the character of bronze tiger it just felt like they were like the second half of the movie they were like okay he's got to have his development Mm -hmm. right now um i and i guess maybe watching it a second time i probably would notice it a lot earlier where it was like bronze tiger is more of a important character because i did not expect him to be in the beginning of the film okay it could be on me but I enjoyed his development. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, any closing notes for this one, Nate? Not particularly. Um, it was a fun ride. I didn't like it as much as I liked Assault on Arkham. Mm-hmm. If this is supposed to be in more of the tone of the Suicide Squad books, then hey, you did it. 
it makes sense in animated form. Mm-hmm. Good on you, mates. Yeah. And if, you're, if your book's still going, great. As we get ready for a second live-action big Hollywood Suicide Squad film, we're going to have to start comparing these different mm-hmm. ideas of what Suicide Squad is. So when James Gunn does his, we'll be going, is it going to be like Hell to Pay? Is it going to be like Assault on Arkham? Is mm-hmm. it going to be like, you know, just doubling down on the 2016 film? Like, are we just going to commit to what they put out in 2016? Um, so there's a lot of questions there, like, um, as we look forward to that, because we will be seeing some of these characters return, and, and what tone do we need to go in? Do we need to go in more grindhouse, or do we need to go in more mystical, or do we need to go in with more Batman and more crutch characters to make us enjoy a suicide squad yeah it's almost like having yeah. a chaser it's like people don't really like suicide squad but if uh the whole movie is led by batman mm-hmm. then we might be in business and it's like oh yeah can try that out well we'll see how it works yeah so uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dcu minute and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society to talk about today's episode about suicide squad hell to pay or you can talk to us about yesterday's episode, which was about Batman Assault on Arkham or the prequel tie-in comic that we talked about on Monday. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 134 of Suicide Squad. <laughs>